Welcome to episode 129 of Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to examining the work of writer-director J.J. Abrams, as well as his greater Bad Robot Universe. I'm your host for this week. My name is Marcelo Nostroza, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Matt Crandall. And on today's edition of the show, we'll be talking about Fringe, Season 5, Episodes 8 through 9. So the episode that's first up in that match is the episode entitled The Humankind. So, Matt... A bullet saved my life today. And if you were wearing it around your neck, then you had it with you just in case you needed it. And the humankind starts to ramp up the plan. So we are digging deeper into what we need for the plan. Obviously, we have gone on all these side quests for the magic minerals and all sorts of other stuff. And as one of my favorite characters in TV history would say, magnets, bitch, we're going to need a magnet. To be able to stop these observers. And we we find out as this episode goes on, the two main things are Olivia has to go and get this super magnet because we need this electromagnet to help take down the observers. And there's a bunch of fringe-like things surrounding that where this woman has been waiting decades for Olivia to show up. A mysterious man delivered the magnet 20 years ago who maybe could have been Walter. We aren't quite sure by the end of this. And so that is all really interesting. And I like that. And then the other flip side is the Peter is on his laser focused. I have to kill Windmark mission and his humanity is slipping away, which they explain explicitly to us because Walter is doing research on one of the observer implants in the lab to figure out, what the hell this is because our buddy who we had never heard of until a few episodes ago. And now Anil is like popping up anytime we need some sort of exposition dump. And so he gives them the implant and we'll start researching that. Which storyline are you more invested in at this point? The Olivia side quest or the Walter figuring out what is happening to Peter and Peter trying to kill Winmark? I really like the, the, the side quest of Peter trying to kill Winmark because the thing about that story, the, the thing about that, the, the thing about that story thread that I particularly liked is I've said in past weeks, it's been, I've said in past episodes, I should say, that it's really pissing me off that we keep going on these side quests and we keep getting delayed. And I wasn't really happy with that. There, I, I wasn't really happy with the fact that I felt that there was no forward momentum with our team going directly at the observers. So when this story thread was introduced of Peter potentially becoming one one uh, potentially becoming an observer to kill the people that killed his daughter vis-a-vis Windmark, I really liked that. But the main reason why I enjoyed that so much was because I felt that it was a way of the French team taking direct action against the people that are basically going to are basically going to you know erode the timeline into nothingness but with that being said uh um during last week's discussion i really really started to think differently about what that would do to peter and i was kind of afraid and i was kind of concerned about how peter was going to come to his senses and understand that although he's going through grief right now this is not the way to handle this so with this episode, I was really happy 
that Olivia and Peter were, they, they finally had a moment and they were finally able to talk it out. And during that conversation, Peter came to his senses and took the thing out of his head. Now, now, um, you know, you know, it would have been cool if, if, if during that process, uh, you know, a couple of Zerbers found them and tried to kill them. But I kind of liked the quiet moment between Olivia and Peter because, again, I was pissed off a couple of weeks ago that th- that that this rift between them was happening, and and this episode went a long way to tell. To, this episode went a long way into telling me that they're back together uh, now and they're on the same page finally. Yeah, I like that, and especially because earlier in the episode, Walter basically begs Peter to remove the implant, and Peter says fuck off. So I liked that later it's Olivia's pleas for Peter to take this out because they realize that while this implant gives advanced intelligence, it does slowly overwrite the emotional part of the brain. And that is why the observers are so cold. And that is why Peter is becoming so distant and cold because it basically erases your humanity to make you super smart. And so I like that, you know, Walter is still dealing with his own worries about his humanity being overrun by the evil parts of his brain that have been put back in. And so him seeing this happen to his son in a different way, but still it's the same part of the brain that is slipping away, but the results are different. He's not turning into a psychopath. He's just losing all emotion. And so I thought that was a really cool dynamic that they set up. Now, Peter is so laser focused in that moment on making sure that he kills Winmark that he doesn't have time to listen to Walter. He doesn't care. And he thinks he's got all of these steps to make sure that he sets everything in motion because he can see all the dominoes to make sure that Winmark dies. And Winmark shows up and says, hey, dummy, like you think you've got all these skills. Well, so do I. So like, I know what you're trying to do and you're actually falling into my trap and they sort of fight it out. But by the end, Peter is convinced that he has gotten the upper hand and he has set these things in motion so that then when Olivia says you need to, to take this thing out because we need to bond closer together to get through this rather than you just focusing on revenge and Winmark has shown Peter at his final moments, so he knows that she was thinking about that day in the meadow with their family, and so he starts to realize, okay, I've I've got to stop what I'm doing. Hopefully, I've done enough to take this son of a bitch out, but if I haven't, then falling into Olivia's arms is more important, and us being together is more important than keeping this thing in. So I like when he makes the right decision, but it is a long road to get there, and it makes me wonder... Was this the right story thread to introduce in this final season? Because he only puts this implant in two or three episodes ago. Yes, he becomes, he blows up and makes some strides, but he doesn't, it doesn't give them a huge upper hand. Like everything he tries to do just kind of not, it doesn't fail, but it doesn't win the day. So I wonder, obviously we just wanted to get to the understanding of what the observers thought process is but it feels really convoluted that we would do this for this many episodes pop this thing out and be like okay well we're dropping that we're we're moving on what are you thinking as it's kind of like 
we've been there, done that with the implant. Everything's status quo again, guys. Don't worry about it. I think the fringe writers were thinking about an interesting way to examine how, what what grief does to a person. And I think that the only reason that Peter did this obvious, it's obvious to anybody who's watching this uh, show along with us right now. The only reason that he did this is because Etta died. And I would have loved to seen the same thing happen. I would have loved to seen them go apart and then come back together. But I would have loved to seen that through the prism of them going through this, going through collecting these things that they need to get this weapon to defeat the observers. I wasn't so interested in finding out what I wasn't so interested in at this point in the game, learning what it's like to be an observer or what happens to someone who becomes an observer. Because again, like you, I think that some of the concepts that are in this season, I they're not they're not fully cooked and they're good, but they don't fit really with the time that they have allotted for this final season. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm bumping against is that there are some big emotional ideas, but with this few episodes, we don't have time to let them really simmer to a boil. So we're just kind of getting these ideas and then two to three episodes later, we're jumping out of them because we don't have the time, which as people who have been listening to this know, I felt the same way with Edda, like make her more important before you kill her off. Let me get deeply invested and I will care more. And again, because this everything Peter's doing is to get the revenge for her, because I personally didn't care that much about her because we didn't get to see her be good at her job. We didn't get to see her be funny and have a lot of heartwarming moments. It's again, it just feels like we plotted out 22 episodes and then Fox said, we're only giving you 13 to get to that 100 magic number. So redo your shit and they were just like all right let's compress all this down and took all the nuance and subtlety out of these scripts to just give us that basic skeleton that they probably had but it makes me frustrated when so many of the episodes are side quests for a magic item that we still are trying to figure out how they're going to use but i did like olivia gets a good action scene as you mentioned where after she gets the magnet and takes off with the truck, she runs into some bastards who try and turn her in <laughs> some real dumbass narcs. And then she ends up using the magic bullet to kill and get out of there, which was cool that she was able to, to use that thing and have basically her daughter save her in that moment. Yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool. Like you when, uh, when, when Olivia picked up the magnet from that lady who sort of viewed Olivia as uh, sort of viewed Olivia as this grand savior to everything because this woman got visited by this individual that who we think or who I thought was Walter, but I'm interested to know what who who you think that the, who you think that uh, these people were visited by who have the magnet uh, that that Olivia took, but I but. The, the whole sequence of her being kidnapped by those two guys, that just pissed me off. Because again, I'm like, eh, does this really need to happen? Like, 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 why? But then we had that amazing scene where she uses the bullet with, with, uh, with some, with some, uh, with some uh, heated air that they have or where, wherever she is. That was cool because 
I I did not see that coming. So the way that that scene played out, I thought was very very interesting. But uh, but uh, but with the with the whole guys turning in for turning her in for money, I'm like, I don't like that. But 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 ultimately, I liked uh, the action scene that the action scene that um, eventually happened because of it. Um, now, as I said. Um, the lady that has this magnet that, or, or, or the lady's family that, that have had this magnet forever, the lady says that when she was a little girl, her mother talked to this guy with white hair. Now, to anybody who's to, to like, like at first glance, you're like white hair, it's gotta be Walter. But also I'm thinking, what if the guy with white hair isn't Walter? What if the guy with white hair is Donald? Look, I look, look, I've never seen him before. So he might have uh, he might have red hair for like care, but I think that the guy that uh, the guy that her mother was talking to was not Walter. It was it was actually Donald. So what do you think about that? I think you could be right. I still think that Fringe is asking us to care about this Donald character when I do not give a flying fuck about this guy that I know nothing about that they keep mentioning. Um, so. It's it's on my radar, but I'm not like, oh, I bet it's Donald. Because who the fuck is Donald, and why the fuck do I care? You bring up an, you bring up, you bring up an interesting point. Why do you think the Fringe writers, with having, uh, uh, why do you think the Fringe writers with with a 13 episode season would introduce somebody that the audience never heard of before and sort of construct this whole thing around this individual that we've never met before? Like like, what do you think was their thinking? Uh, by doing that, I definitely think it was just another mystery to introduce, which, you know, all bad robot shows have to have a bunch of mystery boxes that some will open and it'll be gold inside and some will open and you'll be like, that's it. So I think that they are just laying the groundwork. And I thought it was kind of odd that, you know, we we go through this thing and we were wondering who brought this. And this woman has been waiting 20 years and then in the next episode, we jump to another person who's been doing something as well for 20 years, just because some weird stranger told them to. And you start to wonder, is everybody just taking the advice of weird strangers who show up on their door and then living their life in a fucked up way for 20 years? I don't know. Maybe uh, I I don't know if I have that kind of dedication. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I mean, to sort of back them up, they are under an oppressive force. So I think that these individuals would would want to hold on to as much hope as they possibly can. But some of these people that the French team has been inter- interacting with them, some of these people that the French team has, has been interacting with, they're a couple marbles short of a full deck. So that's to be considered as well. But uh, I think with that, we'll move on to the second episode that we're going to talk about this week, entitled Black Bloater. Now, Matt, uh, are you are you tripping? I wish I wasn't because anybody who's listened to this, I love that Walter loves LSD and drugs and licorice and all of his quirks. I fucking hate when we have a trip out episode and we get the green fairy or an extended Monty Python animated sequence that feels so fucking out of place in a serious moment that I'm like, guys, what are we doing here? You can't just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I got to say that as much as that rubs me the wrong way, I do get a smile on my face knowing 
that in the final season of Fringe, we make a key plot point, the fucking Dharma van with a dead body in it. Are you fucking kidding me? And then the dead body ends up being Sam fucking Weiss. Get the fuck out of here. This was never the plan for this character. Are you kidding me? Marcella, what are you thinking as instead of restoring the van with, you know, Ben's dead dad in it, we get dead Sam Weiss with a radio in his hand in a van? I was absolutely losing my mind, but for two reasons. One, the van shit really really sort of like i i was like really you're not this is uh but the other thing that really ticked me off is the fact that walter gets high on acid in the first place now i have said uh i have said in past weeks that it's really pissing me off that walter is kind of concerned that he's that to him he's turning into a monster and this the second that i found out that he is Tripping on LSE in this episode, I was like, really, Walter? I mean, don't you understand how, how how critical it is right now for you to be not fucking high? Like, like it, look, I, I understand that it was a cool way for them to sort of figure out, you know, you know, the coordinates of, uh, of, of, uh, of uh, the, the coordinates that the, the, the coordinates that were giving over the radio. It was a, it, it, it was a cool device. For Walter to be able to figure out, you know, what the next clue was and what that led to is interesting. But again, like the I I would just say what you just said. Sometimes just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And in this episode, it really fucking pissed me off for multiple levels. Uh, not not much the van, but the fact that Walter got high in the uh, the the, the fact that Walter got high just really ticked me off. I I know why they wanted to do it just because. You know, every season we have some sort of episode where, you know, like a brown Betty and this is black blotter because he's doing the LSD and it's like, okay, I get it. Like we want Walter to do this trip, but this one bringing back Carla, his lab assistant. I'm like, really? Did I need to see this chick in the final season of fringe? I barely remember who she is. So her trying to be like the conscience telling Walter that he's gone too far. And then of course, with the ending, where it does seem like Walter has gone too far, and maybe this is actually becoming the problem he was worried that it would be, that we have kind of been like, Walter, relax, you're not becoming this horrible monster. But by the end of the episode, maybe he has made that transition into being the horrible monster. Just, again, I know that everybody's going to be so mad. They're like, why is this guy even talking about this show? He clearly doesn't like it. I just feel really frustrated that this is where we wanted to go with such little time left because I love Walter with all his quirks and his charm, but making, you know, we, we don't have Walter in it on the table. So now we've got to make our Walter turn into an evil version of Walter just feels like we're, we're snapping pieces into place to get back to familiar dynamics, but we don't need to be in those same set dynamics. Now I did like when they, they get to the van and they're walking through Stanley Park in Vancouver and they're looking at all the, the stuff. And I thought, OK, this is kind of charming. And they're like, oh, maybe this is Donald. And they're like, no, it's not Donald. It's Sam Weiss. Dude went straight from the bowling alley and died in this truck. And it's like, OK. And then they f- they follow the signal to another location. So we're using the magic radio that we got from the pocket universe 
when we were expecting the weird observer kid to be there and he wasn't. So then we track him down to this cabin and they say, Hey, is, you know, little bald fuck living here. And they're like, Nope, never heard of him. And, uh, so I like that they do track him down and Walter goes through that animation to pull this password out of his ass. And it just, like I said, I like that they like to experiment and do weird things. But that animation, even though it was only a minute and something, felt like an eternity in this moment where I'm like, would Walter just say the password and like, let's get this plot moving? Um, And then we get then they find out, okay, so every five days they send out this signal because Donald brought them this kid and said his name is Michael. Hang out with him. Make sure this radio thing is going on. And Team Fringe is like, great, we got it from here. We'll take this kid off your hand. And the biggest leap for me in this episode was the family is like, oh, this is the saddest day of our lives. We've spent 20 years with this kid who doesn't talk, has no emotion. We've had to take care of him. And now we're so sad you're taking him off my hands. Are you kidding me? If somebody showed up, was like, yeah, I'll take this kid who doesn't do anything, who doesn't who's just been hanging out doesn't age off your hands i'd be like fuck yes i have been waiting to get rid of this dude i'm so happy like i just it was a real tough pill to swallow that this family was upset that (laughs) this little observer kid who's got no emotion doesn't speak was gonna be taken off their hands and they were like you know really really broken up about it did you buy that marcella would you be sad if you had been the caretaker for 20 years of this kid who doesn't age? No, I mean, look, look, the the fact that the family felt bad that they were they were losing the kid that they took care of for 20 years, that didn't bother me. But you know what, you know what really did bother me and this it, and this just came to me while you were speak while you were going through your spiel. How is this kid a part of the plan? How is this kid who doesn't talk, who doesn't have emotion, who doesn't do anything? And the first time that we found him in in the other timeline, he didn't talk either. The first time that we found him, he was in a fucking sewer, for God's sake. How is this kid going to be critical to defeating the observers? How? How, 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 and how? And another thing that I want to bring up that pissed me off a little bit more than the, than the, than the family being upset that the kid left. So, Walter and uh, our French team go and uh, go, go, and, go into the woods to search the signal. And I hated the fact that they go to the woods, they find the signal, they, they, they find the they find the signal where, where uh, that the radio is giving off. And what they find the woods have happens to be a real estate, happens to be a relay station to where the signal really is. That fucking pisses me off. You know why that pisses me off? Because that's what they've been doing this entire fucking season. So, okay guys, you're not gonna be mad at Matt this episode, you're gonna be mad at me. Every time that they investigate a thing that they need, the writers feel the need to get us there, but then throw a curveball and put us in another direction. I fucking hate that. So I really, really hope that from now on, we find these clues and there's no more misdirections. I agree with that. And as I've said, you know, they've already pulled the sorry, your princess is in another castle thing on us a couple of times. So the fact that I was relieved when we got to the actual place where the kid was, because I thought if they were going to drag it out any further and 
before we get hate mail, I want to make it clear that I don't hate the kid because he's nonverbal. I think that's not a problem at all. I think it's just because this kid has no emotion and doesn't age that I would be relieved that he was gone. So, you know, there are plenty of nonverbal people who are great and have incredible lives. So I want to make clear that's not why I'm ragging on this kid. But I just think that then we take him and we find out that he remembers Olivia. You know, because he cocks his head in a weird way. <laughs> and, we, and it's like, okay, dude, you got to give us a little bit more. She's like, you remember me? And he's like, mm. and she's like, oh, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, he remembers. How would he remember because of the timelines being all messed up? So that's something that we're wondering. How is this kid have that knowledge? And is that going to play into this in some way? So we have to figure out how that is going on. And then by the end, as I mentioned earlier, Walter has this hallucination of Carla again, where he throws the book in the fire and he decides that he's not going to be sinister or whatever, but then he snaps out of it and he sees that there's no notebook and he's just there with a, you know, creepy looking expression on his face. And so we start to wonder, has he crossed into a place where he can't come back from? So what are you thinking now that we got the kid, Sam Weiss is dead. Sam, Sam Weiss, the nothing character that we made to be something huge and then totally forgot about for an entire season and a half, we brought back to just be a skeleton. But now we got this kid, but while we have this kid, Walter is now a fuckface. What are you, what are you thinking with only five episodes left, four episodes left? Yeah, look, 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 I've got, look, I've gone on record and I said it during this show. The fact that Walter kept worrying about his mind going the other direction, I, I, I've said, Matt, you've heard it. You, you people listening to this episode have heard it. I didn't think that Walter being worried about his mind was a big problem. But at the end of this episode, I'm going, holy shit, this might be a problem. Because if Walter is indeed becoming WalterNet, like, like, what get ga- what guarantees will we have that if 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 and when shit hits the fan, what guarantees do we have that Walter's going to do the right thing? What if what if what if what if Walter does the what if Walter pulls another what if Walter pulls another Raiden Lake kind of thing and he does something and he does something completely out of spite or completely out of romantic uh, uh not romantic completely out of a familial uh, place. And he and he and he saves one of the fringe teams, one of the fringe members, because he just wants to. And 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 as a result of him doing that, what if he causes another, you know, event that just you know tosses everything into shit? So I think this final sequence raises a lot of questions that I kind of was looking over because I got I was so upset with the fact that Walter wasn't taking the gravity of the situation that I didn't really consider what would happen to Walter if he if he goes full WalterNet and what and what issues that that might you know bring up with these final episodes that we're about to go into yeah we will have to see I think they've got a lot of work ahead of them and hopefully in the four episodes left they can bring it to some sort of satisfying conclusion to make this whole 13th or 13 episode final season that has been such a radical shift in what the show is even about. Uh, I hope that they can somehow pull it off. And 
as people can hear that I'm negative on this season, and I even said in our season four finale that I wish that that was where Fringe had ended, I am I haven't watched this since it aired, so it has been ten years since I have seen this run of episodes. So I'm hoping I've got a sliver of hope that by the time we are done, you know, four weeks from now with an enemy of fate, that maybe I will be singing a different tune and they'll be able to pull it off. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, look, I'm happy that you are. I'm happy that you are. I'm happy that you have faith and I'm happy that you have belief that it's going to get better. But I, I, I will be, I will be the one with the nepotism. I don't think there's any possible way that they can undo this ungodly story choice that they decided to go down. There's no way that in that in these four episodes that we have, there's no way that they that they can land this in any satisfying way, at least to me. Well, you know, like you said, we'll see, but I don't think so. But with that being said, guys, I think that'll do it for this edition of Radio 815. Listen, guys, if uh, if you like the show, <laughs> uh, if you want to send us mail to tell us how wrong we are about everything, um, uh, you know, or or if you just want to reach us to, t- to talk to us about anything within Bad Robot, there are a couple ways to do that. First, you can just reach us by simply using the hashtag on Twitter, Radio815, or you can reach us on our personal Twitter account. It's JJUniverse815. But Matt, if the good folks want to reach out to you and chat to you about anything, we'll be a place for them to do that on. On Twitter, at Matt Crandall. And guys, if you want to speak to me about anything, the best place to reach me would be also on Twitter. I'm Matt Creek Fanatic 88 But until next week, I just want to say thank you for listening. And as I often say, we'll talk back soon. Radio 815 is a Balloonhead Productions presentation in association with Killer Newt Productions.